Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hello, everybody, and good morning. Happy Friday, and thank you for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. I am Jen, the host here. And you know what? I hope you guys are really enjoying our time in Exodus. This has actually been, for me, a very rewarding time of reading the Bible here in Exodus and going back and looking at history and stuff like that. I never realized how much I enjoyed this kind of stuff and how much I've been, uh, you know, glossing over some of these these scriptural passages Uh, by not looking deeper into them. And so I'm really enjoying this time that I get to discuss Exodus and kind of go back in history and look at the cultural context and everything like that. It's just been very fascinating to me. But we are going to discuss Exodus chapter 8 today, verses 16 through 19. So we don't have a lot to read, but we're going to discuss the third plague that is mentioned here in Exodus And this one is going to be attacking another Egyptian god that the Egyptians used to worship. So please go ahead and grab your Bibles in whatever version you prefer to read out of. And also grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea. Unfortunately, I have my coffee here, but I let it grow cold. So so it's not pleasant to drink anymore. I have to go heat it up in the microwave 500 times. My husband laughs at me because um, when I pour myself a cup of coffee... I heat it up in the microwave more than I drink it. So I might have the same cup of coffee for like three hours. (laughs) Yeah, I I know. But anyway, friends, let's go ahead and read the Bible. I will be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Yahweh said to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the earth that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. They did so, and Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and there were lice on man and on animal. All the dust of the earth became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. The magicians tried with their enchantments to produce lice, but they couldn't. There were lice on man and on animal. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is God's finger. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he didn't listen to them as Yahweh had spoken. So what is something you guys notice about this particular plague? Well, this is the first plague, actually, that God did not warn Pharaoh of. So this plague came without warning whatsoever. The first two plagues that God had done, he also gave a warning to go along with them. The first one with the Nile, Moses and Aaron actually met the Pharaoh at the Nile and performed that miracle right in front of them and right in front of him and all of his officials. And then the second plague, though it wasn't performed directly in front of Pharaoh, Pharaoh had been warned that it was going to happen. But this one, all of a sudden, it just happens. There is no warning to Pharaoh, no warning to the Egyptian people. This is just a plague that God decides to do. And when we think about the reason God might have done this, is if you read uh, 
a first the first couple of verses before verse 16 it actually says that um in verse 15 that pharaoh became stubborn after the second plague with the frogs and it says that he refused to listen to moses and aaron and he refused to let the people go but he had promised moses and aaron that he would let the people go if the frogs disappeared but as soon as the frogs were gone pharaoh was like oh it's no issue of mine the frogs are gone i don't have a problem anymore and i'm gonna keep these israelites here because they are my workers and I want them as slaves. So Pharaoh refused once again to let the people go, even though he had promised that he would let the people go. So he was a welcher. <laughs> he was welching on his promise. So why should God give Pharaoh a warning for the next plague when he had already given him two warnings and given him multiple opportunities to change his mind, even before the plagues and everything like that? Why should God give Pharaoh another warning when firstly, it's not going to be listened to. And secondly, I mean, Pharaoh welched on his promise. So why should God give Pharaoh a warning? <laughs> so God decides to not give Pharaoh a warning. And he's basically, uh, he basically says to Moses, he's like, tell Aaron to do another plague now. And we don't know how long this took. It could have been a few days. It could have been a month for the people to recover and everything like that. And, and the way God works, he's definitely never late, but sometimes in our minds, he is slow to work. So we don't know how long it took for each of these plagues to, um, to happen. It could have been back to back to back to back, or it could have been a couple weeks or a couple days or maybe even a month or so in between each individual plague. We don't know because the Bible doesn't give us a timeline of anything like this, but it could have been back to back or it could have been uh, a couple weeks in between. We don't know. But it says here that now the Lord says to Moses to tell Aaron to raise the staff and strike the ground, kind of like that first plague where Aaron had to strike the water. But this time Aaron is striking the ground and the dust will turn into swarms of gnats throughout the land of Egypt. So when Aaron strikes his rod on the ground, the puff of of dust that goes up into the air is going to become gnats that are going to uh, basically uh, produce more gnats and are going to go across the entire land of Egypt on each individual person and on each individual animal. And so it depends on what version you're reading of out of the Bible. A lot of the translations translate the dust will become gnats. Some translate it as uh, it'll become lice or some even translate it as um, as mites or ticks or what were some of the other ones? I can't remember everything. But one way or the other, whatever the Hebrew word is for this particular little bug, it was definitely a biting insect and probably a very small biting insect. So it could have been fleas. It could have been uh, ticks. It could have been lice. We don't know. Whatever it was, it was a disgusting little terrible biting insect that covered the people and the animals. So the people and the animals must have just been in so much pain and just, ugh, I can't even imagine. Like, honestly, the Pharaoh does not care about his people at all. He does not care if he would have cared. Like, I think I talked about how this Pharaoh is kind of sociopathic. Like this man should never have been a Pharaoh. He didn't care that he was destroying his entire nation with these frogs and with the blood of the Nile River and with this lice now. You know, if he would have let the people go with the frogs, this lice would never have happened. And I also said before that God does work on an individual level as well. The Egyptian people that did turn to God, which there were some, which we'll talk about in a, in a couple uh, chapters, I think, 
certainly they did not get the lice or the ticks or whatever this was because they had turned to God already. God works on an individual level. With the animals, I don't exactly know why God would cause animals to suffer, but it was probably a picture to the Egyptian people because God here was actually attacking an Egyptian god, a small g. He was attacking the god, what's his name? Let's see here, uh, Geb, the god of the earth. The people worshipped this Egyptian god as the god of the earth, the god who basically helped the vegetables to grow and the fruit to produce and whatever else. They worshipped this god of the earth. And so God, our god, Yahweh, was attacking this Egyptian god by saying, look at what you're worshipping. Look at what you are worshiping. This God is not a God. This God is a fake God. This God is one that can't help you. (laughs) You know, the ground is practically attacking you. The ground is attacking the Egyptian people, if you think about it. And it's destroying their idea of this Geb, this Egyptian God that is supposed to protect them and protect their crops and everything like that. God is proving to the Egyptian people once again that he is all powerful by attacking, by directly attacking this Egyptian god. God was showing the Egyptian people his power. And of course, God always accepts those who worship him and who repent. And there were Egyptians that chose to go with Yahweh during all of this and who were protected. And so God is using this to prove a point to the Egyptian people that he is all powerful and he is the one they should be worshiping. Not these fake gods, but the the God that can actually protect them, the God that can produce gnats out of the dust of the earth, basically. The God who is the creator of all. And so now it says here that Pharaoh decided to get his magicians to try to do the same thing. And it says that they could not do it. This time they failed. So their power, whatever their power was, ran out really fast. This is only the third plague. And they cannot produce gnats out of nothing. They can't produce gnats out of dirt. So they say to Pharaoh, they're basically like, this is the finger of God. And this is what the magicians exclaim to Pharaoh is what it says in verse 19. And when the magicians say this, this does not necessarily mean that they are worshiping Yahweh or that they recognize Yahweh's power, but perhaps they think that it's one of their own gods or something like that, or maybe they are recognizing Yahweh. There's not a lot of context here, but one way or the other, they're saying to Pharaoh that there is something above us that is creating this. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily recognizing Yahweh, but it says here that Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He refused to listen to his own advisors, to his own magicians. And it says that he wouldn't listen to them, to just as the Lord had predicted. So now Pharaoh is, firstly, not listening to God. Secondly, not listening to Moses and Aaron. And thirdly, not even listening to his own advisors. This is how stubborn this Pharaoh really was. And he probably didn't like the fact that his advisors were recognizing a greater power than him or the gods that he knew or something like that. He probably just did not like what his magicians were saying. Because you remember from a couple of the other episodes i done that Pharaoh was actually considered a god himself. He was considered the embodiment of Ra or the, um, the son of Ra. I think it was the son of the sun god, which the Egyptian sun god is Ra. And so uh, Pharaoh was considered to be a god himself. So he, so Pharaoh probably didn't like the fact that he was hearing of 
a power greater than himself or the gods that uh, he knows of or something like that. So he remains stubborn. He refuses to listen even to his own advisors that don't believe in Yahweh. This is how stubborn this Pharaoh really is. So you can see here that this Pharaoh is really a piece of work. <laughs> he is beyond stubborn to the point of not even listening to his own people or anything like that. This is who Moses and Aaron and God are dealing with, is just this stubborn, very arrogant, very prideful, very uh, racist Pharaoh that disliked the Israelites and stuff like that. So we will learn about the fourth plague in the Bible. And the fourth plague is actually, <laughs> to me, the most disturbing of the plagues. The fourth plague just makes me crawl, like my skin crawl. Ugh. Even thinking about it, sickening to me. And I will tell you guys why next time on Monday when we discuss the fourth plague. But friends, I hope that you guys have a really fantastic weekend and that you take a look at the blog post on P40 Ministries that will be up tomorrow at 6 a.m., or I'm sorry, 6.30 actually, on www.p40ministries.com slash the blog. And uh, I'll drop a link to that so that you can view it tomorrow morning. And also make sure to subscribe to the blog post because I often give you guys little freebies and stuff like that or emails about some of the new things that are happening at P40 Ministries with the podcast, with the books, and with the blog, and with the products and stuff like that. And also, if you subscribe, you can also get my um, free PDF of a Bible reading challenge, which is basically just a Bible reading plan for 30 days. And it has little check boxes and little uh, prompts and stuff and questions that will help you to um, really read the Bible and have fun with it and stuff like that. You can grab that over at p40ministries.com and go to the subscribe box and you can get that in your inbox. But friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful weekend. Happy listening and God bless. Bye.